Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours on this episode. I spoke with Alicia Joyce Styles. Um, Alicia's been a friend of mine for almost a decade now. Um, Alicia was uh, on the podcast in the very first season, season one, episode eight, uh, way back in 2017, six and a half years ago. Um, and, you know, has had a lot of life changes and a lot of new inspiration happened since the last time we talked on the podcast. Um, she is a textile artist. Uh, she's a weaver. And um, we talked about that and kind of where that came from. Um, that was not something that she was doing last time we spoke. And uh, she's really pivoted into um, pursuing her creative side. And it was really cool to um, sit down and talk to her and hear about her journey. Um, you know, it's it's always great. Uh, great excuse to get to see her and, you know... Um, She's she is a mother of three young ones, so um, her free time is pretty limited. So I, I felt lucky to be able to monopolize her time for about an hour and talk. And um, like I said, always great to catch up with my friends. So here is my conversation with Alicia Joy Styles. Enjoy. How old are they now? So you said a mom yes, three. Three, yeah. ten, and twelve. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Because you've been in this spot, what, six years, seven, seven. years? Seven. So you moved me in, yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny. It's yeah. like I was thinking about that today. And Griffin was three. Okay. It was actually like on his birthday. We moved into this apartment. I remember that. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's funny because I just came from Portsmouth and I was like driving over. Um, I had coffee with a friend earlier and then I was like, I'm doing this podcast and I was like, I don't remember when we did the other one. So I was like, I need to look it up. Do you know no. when it was? So it was March of 2017. So it was six and a half years oh my ago, gosh. which is like a lifetime ago now. Like, I don't actually even remember doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, I was trying to think about it and I was yeah. like, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember what was happening in my life. I don't remember yeah. what we talked about. Yeah. I mean, it was seriously like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Well, because I think you were like relatively newly single. Yes. Um, uh, you know, um, divorced and now, and you had two kids. Yep. Now you are married. You have yeah. three kids. <laughs> yep. Um, and I don't think... Had you done any of this at no. that point? Yeah. No, I was doing coaching. Yeah. So I was doing, I think I was doing like, I, I like went a lot of different ways with coaching. Like I was doing nutrition coaching before I met you. And then yeah. I was doing like sexuality coaching and right. then I was doing women's coaching and I was doing yeah. moon circles. That was like right before the pandemic. Yeah. And then I felt like, and then I got pregnant with Amara like right. And then the pandemic happened. I was like six weeks pregnant right. and I felt like I could not put my energy out into the world anymore. Like sure. I felt so, and people were so scared and I was doing like tarot readings at the time. And I felt like everyone that was coming to me was like 
so full of fear and looking for answers. And like, I didn't have any answers. Like none of us had any answers. And, and I had to just like shut it all down. And it was pretty abrupt. Like, I just was like, I can't, I can't do any of this anymore. And, um, that was sort of when I found art though, because it was like, I was still looking for some sort of outlet. Um, and I was home with the kids and I was homeschooling too that whole next year. And so I started like really getting into art, which I've always been into it, but it's always sort of been this back hobby and more I've been like a DIYer. So like I would randomly like just make something for my house or something like that. But this was more like, I kind of started a daily practice with art around that time. And it just has continued to evolve. So that's been, you know, the last four years um, that I've been doing that. So, so you were homeschooling two kids while you were pregnant. Yes. And then I had a newborn. So she was, cause she was born. Yeah. She was born in November and that was when they should have gone back to school. But I was like, we can't like, there were just so many unknowns and I didn't want them going to school and getting sick and coming home and getting her sick. And that was the big concern. And so I homeschooled that whole next year. And I always thought I would really love of homeschooling and I did not turns out <laughs> turns out I did not but I think there I mean circumstances were horrible at the time because you also couldn't get together with other people which right. I think is such a foundation of homeschooling so we were super isolated and Madeline if you remember is like a super brainiac and yeah. so she really did not dig my lack of structure yeah. I am much more like go with the flow and there was like lots of art projects and creativity and she is like very academic based type a personality yeah. and so it was like not a good fit griffin still asked me if like i can homeschool him again because like he loved it sure <laughs> but one of my it's funny i've in the last week i listened to two separate podcasts they're podcasts that i listen to anyways but they the particular episodes they talked about homeschooling kind yeah. of like the pros and cons and then my mom homeschooled my um, one of my two younger brothers for I think like a year. So it's funny I haven't talked to them like haven't talked to either of them about it in decades. Yeah. So I I, I, sh- I should bring it up. Uh, be like, do you remember that experience? But, well, my yeah. brother like unschooled himself back before it was a thing. So yeah. he like dropped out of school in fifth grade and refused to go back. Really? Like had a lot of learning disabilities, which now like you know, we understand was like dyslexia and like things that like were not being yeah. coded at the time. Yeah. And he left and like it was it was a crazy couple of years. My mom was working. So my mom was a teacher, but so she was gone. So he was like unschooling and has gone on to like, now my brother, like, you know, got his GED, went to college, is a cinematographer, is like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. But like school was really hard for him. Like it was not, it just didn't work the way his brain works. Um, And I think I have too. like Madeline loves school. Griffin is like much more that creative thinker and is actually like doing tutoring now for dyslexia as well. So it's like, and that's making things a lot better, but it's interesting, like raising these humans and just being like, there is no, there are like no rules. Like there's no, and there's no like one size fits all. Yeah. There's no one way to to raise a human being. (laughs) No. And so it's often, it's just like stumbling through with like what you know and what you're like trying to piece together in that. So, well, and I mean, especially with with your two oldest they're you know they're on paper it's the same ingredients yeah you know, right and it's in, <laughs> yeah but you know because it's all just kind of a crapshoot how we all turn <laughs> out you know, know raised in the same environment same gen- genetics they're going to be different people because yeah. they're both 
two different people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look at, I look at my, my three brothers and we're all so different. And like, I, you know, I have similar similarities, both interests and like personality wise yeah. with each of them, but it's, you know, the Venn diagram is kind of a, a weird, uh, it's not yeah, like where it intersects. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because I think like the ages that they're at, so like 10 and 12, like yeah. they're just like really starting to yeah. figure out who they are. And I think because of that, it's like they're living in more extremes, yeah. you know, like, and I think that I think about me and my sister and brother and at that, at those ages, we were so different. Yeah. And now there are like much more of those like intersecting points because I think we've smoothed over. But like when you're first like kind of figuring yourself out, it's just like everything is such extremes. Like yeah. their personalities, their opinions, like and right now they are like polar opposites. Yeah. Which is the source of like a lot of conflict. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but Yeah, and I mean I'm sure especially in a you know, relatively small. Oh my gosh. To, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. yes. So it was never our plan to like be in this space. Like, sure. so we, you know, you, you moved us, helped move us in and there were three of us and yeah. now there's like five of us and a dog and a cat. Well, we had right. the cat, but, um, again, 2020, yeah. we thought we were like ready to go. We jumped in the housing market. We yeah. were like just starting and then like the world blew up yeah. and, we kept being like, oh, maybe it'll get better and maybe it'll get better. And then it just kept getting worse. And so turns out, turns out we should have probably, you know, but we were out there with all those crazy people like overbidding and like doing, you know, doing like right. financially not really smart just decisions, which in some ways I'm glad that none of those worked out. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's like we're still like making this space work. Right. And it doesn't in a lot of ways. Sure. But, um, sure. you know, I mean, you do what you can. I always tell myself like my sister like has chosen to live in an apartment for like, you know, 20 years, like she lives in New York city. And right. so it's like different, like to her, this is a really big apartment, right, for you sure. know, <laughs> but like for us, it's like small. Right. So yeah. Does, I, your sister doesn't have kids. Does she? she has stepkids who live with her. Well, one of them just went to college, okay. but, um, but they were, they're half time with them. So they have to have had to have space for them. Two girls, I got you. um, you know, the whole, and then she's been married for five years now. I so yeah. I got you. Yeah. She's, she's younger than you, correct? No, she's older. Oh, Five years you, older. Are you the, are you the I'm middle? The baby. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah. It's actually the same dynamic as my kids. Yeah. So girl, boy, girl. Gotcha. And the personalities we always laugh about it is like, they always say like, I basically just like recreated our family. Like cause personality wise, there's differences, but like, sure. and they all like Madeline is like completely like obsessed with my sister. Griffin is completely obsessed with my brother. And then there's like my mini me right. and Amara is literally like, it's like, I just like, sometimes I look at her and I'm just like, I don't like, did I clone myself? Like, how did I make this human? That's right. just like, this is just me. It's me. just me. And it's interesting. Cause I feel like there's all these weird things that come up that like, I'm like reparenting myself, you know, like, sure. talk about, like inner child work. It's like yeah. having this child that's so much like you, like in personality and being yeah. like, wow, it's like, I'm kind of getting a do over in a way, sure. which is really cool. That's cool. It is cool. Right. She's such a sweetheart. And she is definitely like the, She's like the family glue, which yeah. like I was just talking to my sister this morning and she was like, she literally said that like about me. Cause it's like, I'm like in my family, I'm the one who's sort of like just intersects with everyone the most, yeah. you know? And I'm kind of like, and that's how Amara is, you know? Yeah. And so it's just funny. It's like, 
it's a dynamic, I guess, that works. So yeah. we just like did it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. As you were saying that, I was just thinking about my own, like my family dynamic. I don't really do that, but I feel like my mother still is very much the one who like the only time, you know, cause two of my brothers live in Europe. The only time yeah. the four of us are together is usually when, you know, someone's getting married or something like that, oh, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, we went over there, we went over to England, uh, fall of 2022, but yeah, I've never been one to do that, but with my peer group, I definitely am. Like, there's a lot of people that I've stayed in contact with and, like, um, kept other people in contact yeah. with, you know, it's been sort of like the bridge between some people. And we have such an eclectic group of friends, too. It's like, it's always, like, funny whenever I'm, like, I feel like there was this period of time where I'd be like, hey, do you know Scott? And I feel like everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. Scott. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things. You're like, I'm like, you should be the mayor of the Seacoast because, like, you know well, everyone. <laughs> it was funny. So when I was looking to see when we last talked, yeah, you know, I, I, I went on the, the podcast website and I was just scrolling back because... Because yeah, on Apple, it actually only goes as far back as halfway through my first season. Yeah. Because uh, this is season eight. Yeah. Uh, and I and I hadn't seen your name because I was like, maybe it was season three. I don't know. And so then I had to go to the website. I'm scrolling back. So I went all the way back, looked at episode one, <laughs> which was my friend, Michael Venn, who's a filmmaker. Okay. And then, so you were episode eight. Oh, but then wow. this was literally in the Hannaford parking lot. I go into Hannaford. I see Michael for the first time in eight months since I stopped working at Trader Joe's. And then he asked me, he's like, hey, because um, he's starting work on his, he's a documentary filmmaker and he's talking about, yeah. you know, he's like, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm actually going to go record a podcast. And, um, but he's like, I was just thinking about you and I, because I need to get in touch with this person and this person uh, who are, you know, um, a couple celebrities who I, you know, I was like, I actually have a connection to that person and I might have with this person, but we we're talking and he's like, I knew if anyone would know someone <laughs> like who knew someone. Get, yeah. yeah. So it was so kind five of five degrees of Scott. It's yeah. definitely yeah. like, I don't even know if it's five. It's like three. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I, uh, I was trying to think cause like I ended up through that. I'm just over this weekend. I'm now, four degrees of separation from meatloaf, which oh was just God. such a weird, that like, is like, I love that. Yeah. I yeah, love that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cause a guy that I know plays in a band. They were on tour guy from anthrax came on stage with them. And the guy from anthrax is the son-in-law of meatloaf. So I was like, I was like, that's so weird, but you know, <laughs> I love that. But yeah. Um, but it is kind of like sometimes like it, the pandemic has actually, for me, you know, being a single person, not having to worry about other people, um, it was it was kind of a nice, uh, well, it took me a little while to realize that it was nice, but like it, it like shrunk the circle yeah, a little bit and absolutely. made me really kind of um, give more like value to who I'm giving energy to and yeah. how much, do you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, I don't know if you experienced a hundred percent. I, I think that everyone did on some yeah. degree. And I think in general, it was like, not just people, but like where we were putting our energies, yeah. like 
what we were putting time and energy into and depth, but definitely people. I mean, I feel like my circle is a lot smaller now. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we get like, you know, we're back sort of at full pace in a lot of ways, yeah. like all the after school activities and all the, you know, like our December is just like solidly booked. Right. And, and in some ways I'm like, there is this tiny part of me that like misses the, quietness that mm-hmm. was like where we were just like all inside like making bread and like doing you know like it was just like there was something really peaceful about it yeah. and you know what's interesting is that I think I actually feel like and I've said this before to other people that I actually think it changed my personality like I used to consider myself exclusively an extrovert yeah. and I thrived on group environments talking to people if I wasn't interacting with other adults I was feeling really down and now I'm like I actually actually wouldn't consider myself an extrovert. Yeah. I am an extroverted introvert. So sure. if you put me in front of people, I will, you know, animate and, and talk and have all of that and have great interactions. But then I need like serious recovery time afterwards. Yeah. And that was an interesting change. And I thought that like, it was just sort of fatigue when I got back into like, when we got back into being social, I was right. like, Oh, I'm just not used to this, but it's been a few years now. And I'm like, I'm still very much like that. Yeah. I would still a lot of the times like choose either smaller interactions with people or just like not leaving my house, you know, which was really different. Like that was something I wasn't expecting, but honestly has created a lot more space for other things. And like art being one of those things, because I think I, I didn't have the time or space for that. And I was, because I was extending my energy much more into other people um, before. And now that energy is like, I think, yeah, it's more directed inward, um, which I think is a, is a good thing. I feel more like, I feel more understanding of like who I really am Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe I was just like running on like fumes before and not really paying attention. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've been seeing, um, your posts about, you know, the, is it, is is it weaving? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I do weaving. I started with macrame. Yeah. Well, so it's it's actually interesting because I was thinking about this this morning. Like I, I started macrame because I was I was doing like painting and drawing, and what I was finding right. is that it was like there was too much like set up and put down, and yeah. I didn't have like a lot of dedicated time with like a toddler, a newborn, right, and then two kids at home, and so I got into macrame, and it was like I could literally tie like two knots and then I could walk away from it. And I really liked that. Like at that time it was like such an approachable form of art. And so then I started doing macro weaves, which is like where you macrame and then you leave like open spaces and then you weave into them. And when I did like this first, the first one I did was like huge. I'm like always like go big. Like I'm just like, I made this like giant one and it took me forever and it was so frustrating. And I like, I finished it and I had such a cathartic cry and it was like this really powerful experience. And like, that was at the time my mom was like, moving to North Carolina. So I had moved to Kittery, if you remember, because my mom lived in Kittery and then she moved to South Berwick and then she moved down to North Carolina where my brother is. And I was processing all of that. And I felt like there was something that just sort of like broke open during that process. And I was like, huh, there's like something to this. So I started looking into like the spirituality of weaving and right. Weaving is ancient. Like people have been weaving women in particular have been weaving 
since like as long as clothes have been around sure. basically it's been like and and i felt like there's something about it that is is deeply meditative and spiritual i usually don't even like put on music i certainly don't put on like a podcast or a book or anything yeah. while i'm weaving because usually it's like that's the time when my brain is like i mean it is like light years away i don't even know what if someone like talks to me when i'm in the midst of it it's always like i come back and i'm like whoa like yeah. i don't know where i just was and I don't, I don't experience that same thing necessarily with other forms of art. I think yeah. other forms of art, although I really enjoy, are much more like I'm in my brain about it. Yeah. And there's something that's just familiar and soothing about weaving. And although there are like a lot of decisions to make, especially if you're making like a more complicated weaving, yeah. there's also just like something so rhythmic and probably intuitive yes yeah. and it's like your hands do this work that your brain isn't even necessarily like like telling you know like you're just sure. doing it yeah. um so yeah so that was like once i did that first one i felt really inspired yeah and i have you know, done a lot of weaved in a lot of different ways. And, um, one of the ways I love is doing those circular weavings. Yeah. So the eyeballs, um, and part of what I initially was drawn to, I mean, I've always loved eyes. I've always drawn a lot of eyes. Like yeah. eyes are like so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but the circular weavings are pretty forgiving because they're not, they don't come off the loom. So, um, that was an area that I could really start to play around with and not feel like there are so many rules because yeah. like with, if you're weaving on a loom, like there are a lot of rules about tension and like, you know, where you're separating things. And like, sometimes you can finish something and take it off the loom and then you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's like totally it. wonky and like yeah. it's, you pulled it too tight in one area. And so there's like, and that can be really frustrating. Um, but circular weaving for me is like, it's, it is a lot more forgiving because you don't actually take it off the loom. So there's not that surprise, like at the end where you're like, you take it off and then you're like, which I've gotten a lot better at this point where that doesn't usually happen to me. Like sure. usually I take it off the loom and it's like, okay, this is what I expected right. it was going to look like. Um, but yeah, so that was sort of how that all came about. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. I was, well, it's funny what you were saying about like kind of being in like a zone when you're doing it. Like that's how, that's how I feel when I'm painting. Not yeah. all the time, but right. like most of the, like it's almost a sense of like, oh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Not like someone told me to do it. It's just like, this is what makes sense for yeah. me. Um, which is funny because, um, you know, I, I, you know, I do commission paintings and stuff like that, but I'm just, I'm going to paint regardless. Right. And, and it's more just like, it's, it's not even a wanting to do it. It's just kind of like, it's what you're, what you you're supposed to be doing like, it, <laughs> it's like such a compulsion i think at some point for sure like it's it is that's been interesting for me like i feel that way now about like if i'm mm. not if i don't mm. make some sort of art every yeah. day i i don't i feel weird yeah. and i you know it's, it's actually why i start i started a sketchbook practice in 
August. Okay. And the reason I did that was because like, I can't, it's really isn't practical for me to weave every single day. Like, sure. especially like some of these projects I'm getting into more elaborate projects. So they're not the same as like, I can't just pick them up and put them down. Like I need some dedicated time. Yeah. And, um, and also sometimes my brain just can't handle it. Like it's like the, especially if I'm working on a really intricate piece. And so I started sketchbook practice and like, that has been amazing because it is also an area where I work out a lot of then what ends up going onto a loom or a circle weave or something like that. And it's not like entirely that. Um, but I think it's also really helped me like find my style and that's something I'd actually love to talk about and pick your brain about because I, I find that to be such an interesting point of being an artist because there's always a lot of like encouragement to find your style, to find your artistic style and then to like have it. Right. And then that's your style. Like you definitely, I know your work when I'm like scrolling something, I'm like, Oh, that's Scott. If I walk into a coffee shop, I'm like, this is Scott's work here. You know, I don't have to actually like, I know it's yours. And I would say you have sort of like, there's two different styles. Like there's your watercolors and then there's like the brushwork. And those both are like definitively, but they're very different too. Yeah. It's so weird because it's funny because I was thinking about this yesterday because um, I, I have a friend, <clears throat> excuse me, who she's up in Peterborough. So it's like a little bit of a haul and I'm going to try and get up there on Friday this year. But she does just paper cuts like uh, like it looks like paintings, but it's it's just it's all layers of wow. paper and it's amazing and i have a piece that she did for my birthday like eight years ago hanging in my room and i look at it every day and and i was like i've never seen anyone do stuff like that and i have like four or five artists that have like you know in my life who have a very distinct style right. like you said as soon as you see it um but and these the two styles that i have kind of like come up with it wasn't intentional Mm -hmm. it was more just like when i would um because i usually like probably like 75 percent of the time when i'm doing a painting i get a flash in my head of what Mm -hmm. it would look like and then i'm like then it's like a scramble to try and recreate that image that's in my head before it completely fades and sometimes it's like fast and loose with like you know the broad strokes and sometimes it's super detailed um it's always funny when someone, when I'm doing a commission and someone's like, oh, I'd love to have this, but on this. And I'm like, I can certainly try, but <laughs> my instinct is to do it this way. Right. You know, um, I think it particularly like doing portraits like people, yeah. I, I tend to do that watercolor and pencil because I can get, you know, I, I, I can do realism and, um, get someone's face yeah where it's tougher um particularly uh, with acrylic which is what i use Mm -hmm. um just because i don't really have the space to set up for oil either Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's uh but it is weird to think about that because i have two like pretty distinct i still feel like though that like even though they are different and they're obviously like they're different mediums they're different there are different styles i 
there is something that's cohesive about them. You know, like they definitely, to me, like it, I don't look at them and think these are two completely different things. And right. I guess maybe part of that is like, I know you and I know right. that they're both yours, but right. I also think there is something about them that's similar yeah. in enough that like they feel like they go together. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like I, and maybe it's just because I'm still really in that exploratory yeah. phase of kind of embracing my you know artistic nature but like i want to make everything you know and when i'm like online and i'm looking at like whether it's instagram or it's like pinterest and i'm like oh my god that's so cool that's like what these people are doing and look at these colors and look at these colors and some days it's pastels and some days it's bold and someday i'm like all about pattern and i want like checkered and i want and then other days i want something that feels more organic and natural and and even as far as like the weaving and you know, like, I'm like, I know that I am a weaver. Like that is like a part of who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. It feels too natural and it feels too right. But I also feel like I almost, it's hard for me to like, even want to label myself as anything because I don't ever want to not be able to create other things just because I'm a weaver. Right. Um, I've actually been thinking a lot lately about like incorporating, you know, like weaving and fiber arts into like, I was picturing like a big canvas with like pieces, like, you know, like punching holes and actually like a warp onto the canvas in different parts and doing like a hybrid painting and weaving. And I feel like there's just so many possibilities. And I think it's like, I kind of feel like a little kid, like in a candy store, like I'm like, I don't want to like, pick just one thing I want to make everything you know and it's like some days I'm like making like little tiny animals out of like Sculpey with my kids and I'm like you know it's just um I feel like I'm a maker you know like I like and it's always been like that just in different ways you know I spent like my 20s making babies and like making food and making you know and it's like there's just always been this really strong desire to like create and make things beautiful and special and it's interesting now like having like pouring more of that creative energy into actual like visual arts you know because i I just haven't really done that um before i wonder um you know because you know you were saying about um at the beginning of the pandemic um because you were doing a lot of the coaching stuff i wonder if i mean it's weird because you know there's all different sorts of energies that we have and, you know, energy exchanges and stuff like that. And I wonder if, you know, the sort of like the satisfaction, um, and that's not even the right word, but like sort of like the fulfillment that you're getting from this, I wonder how much of that was being fulfilled doing the other stuff. But, um, and, you know, it sounds like from what you're saying, this is definitely more like, like you've, you've, you've found your, yeah. your thing. Um, but I wonder, you know, cause at the end of the day, there is only so much mm. fuel in the tank. Yeah. So you can only do so many things. Um, that's interesting. Like I, it sounded like I had a point there and I think I uh, kind of lost it. Right. No, I mean, I do, I do know what you're saying. I mean, I think that, um, you know, but it's interesting because like I was, I, I have 
for most of my life been a perpetual people pleaser, right? Like, and played that role in a lot of different ways and a lot of different relationships. And I think, you know, even in some ways, like my work as a coach, it was about making people feel better, which obviously is like the point of a coach, right? Like, but I feel like it, it wasn't always about making me feel better. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely like, cause sometimes it was just really exhausting and really draining. And even like, so a good example, like I, um, you know, I used to do these moon circles, which I loved doing and the exchange of energy was unbelievable, but I would get so nervous leading up to them. Like, and I would prepare for days and days, even though I didn't really need to, like a lot of it was really organic. And when I was there, it ended up being like very natural, but energetically I, there would be so much energy that would build up before a moon circle. And, um, I, I started teaching some macrame classes this year through like Kittery adult education. And so I did like some plant hanger classes and then I did like a macro leaf class and it was so different. Like going into those classes and teaching that I was like, why am I not? Like, I almost felt confused. Like why I was so calm and relaxed. And there was like, and I was still interacting with people and we were like exchanging this information. And yet, like at the end of the day, I didn't feel like personally responsible for like, their life. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was just like, it felt so different, like to just be able to go in and, and not be so attached to like, you know, everyone made something, but some people struggled more than others, you know? And some people maybe, I mean, everyone was like happy with what they made, but I think it just, I don't know how to explain it. It just wasn't as heavy. And yet, so I feel like I got all this satisfaction from it without that like intense, burden of like holding people's energy, like holding space is like a big job, you know? And, and it's just interesting, like thinking about that. Like, I feel like there's something about art and creativity that is, um, just like a gentler space in some ways. Also because it's deeply personal. Right. And you know, it's just like everyone can go in and have whatever experience they want. It's not really my job, even though it probably wasn't my job before, but I felt like it was my job. Sure. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. But I, well, and I wonder, I wonder how much of it is the difference in what you're doing. Um, you know, art as opposed to coaching. Yeah. Um, where when you're coaching, it's sort of with the understanding, okay, you're coming to me because you want me to help you make some aspect of your life yeah. better. Yeah. Whereas this is, here's, here is an expression form and yeah. you know, you'll get out of it kind of whatever you bring to whatever it. you want. Yeah. yeah. It could yeah. be like just this class and done, or you could want to sure. run with this, you know, the way I kind of did. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like, it is very personal and it is, you're right. It's like, people aren't coming to me to learn how to do macrame to fix their life. Right. You know, you know, although I have to say, I feel like it kind of did do that for me. You right. know what I mean? Like, I think that like, that was, I was just, I know. Right. Do you always like think you're like, Oh my gosh, is this just off? Well, I've, I've, I've fucked up a couple of them. It's been years, but I'm still like paranoid. Uh, you know, actually, which is funny because I think when we first recorded, that might've been the first one. Like I, it it cut off at the end. I don't know if you're, I actually, that that, I do remember. That's like the one thing I do remember you saying that, that it did. It cut. Yeah. Um, 
because a couple of people I remember early on were like, you got it just ended like <laughs> mid sentence, and I was like, oh, this is what was said, blah 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 blah. Feeling was, sorry. Yeah, I was like, D- don't worry, which is why I have two recorders now. Oh, uh, yeah, smart, so, smart. Well, there was a couple that I traveled a distance to do, and yeah. I was just like, yeah, if I don't get this at yeah. this point. This is it. This is it. So, yeah. But it's, you know, 99% of the time I only need the one. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have the other one. No, I get that. But I'm still like, I, at some point, I'm like, let me make sure it's still recording. Let me recording. just make sure. Yeah. 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 I also wonder, though, with that change for you, and this is, this, I 100% know this is me projecting a little bit, but I wonder if this is a true thing for you. I... Um, I wonder if it was just the change in the pandemic and realizing you can't, you you can't change everyone or like, yeah. you know, like someone had in order for you to have an effect on someone's life, they have to want that effect on their yeah. life and like kind of making peace with that. Cause like for a while it like really upset, like. I had several people remove themselves from my life, you know, over the, you know, three years of the panda and, and actually all three of them, it was the first year and it like bummed me out yeah. for a long time. And I've, I'm still emotionally not a hundred percent accepting of it, but intellectually I know it was actually a bit of a gift because yeah. I'm like, well, I don't have enough time in my life to spend with all the amazing people that I, that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone doesn't want me in their life, it's, it's, it's freeing to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they were also people that, uh, for a long time, I was giving a lot of emotional energy to, uh, and probably an imbalance of emotional yeah. energy. So, you know, um, it, but it's also helped me with other relationships being like, yeah, I don't need to put that much energy into this or, you know, is this a reciprocal thing yeah. or, you know, or even, you know, art that I create, stuff like that. If someone doesn't, you know, if it doesn't mean as much to them as me, that's okay. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, I, I think it's kind of helped me. I don't know, uh, zero out a lot of stuff and start over. Well, and I think, I mean, there's definitely truth to that. I think that like you, like I, I feel like I have, I mean, I know I have that ability to like see through a lot of bullshit, you know, like, and just be able to kind of see that underpinning of like why people are doing the things they do and why they're in these habits that they're in and why they're, you know, staying in relationships or they're doing that. And sometimes like having that information isn't always a good thing because if someone isn't ready for that or they're not willing to make any steps to change anything, it's like, it can feel a little bit like you're talking to a closed door as far as like, and especially it's interesting, like how many people, you know, would, come to me and want help with something, but then like not want to hear it. Sure. And I think that was another thing that just was, you know, at some point it was like, I kind of just feel like I'm not, I don't want to keep giving the same advice out. And I'm not saying by any means that like I have all the answers because I do not at all. But like, it is hard, especially, and I think that goes with relationships too. Some of the relationships that like thinned out of my life too, is that, you know, if, if someone's, if, 
a friend is going to come to me with the same issue over and over and over again, but not want to take any steps to remedy that or change their situation. At some point, it's kind of like, okay, well... I don't know what else I can offer you, you know? And so I think there is that truth in it. Um, And I feel like I've been much more understanding too of when people are like kind of ready to step back from me. Sure. The same way you said that of like, you know, that has happened to me as well. And it can be painful and it can be confusing. But I think I'm definitely at that place now where it's like if someone is not... Like if they're, if they don't want to put the energy in, I'm like, you know, that's probably a good thing. You know, if we're not on the same page or we're not, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, I just wonder how much of that maybe also changed your, your instruction, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I think also, I mean, there's, yeah, it's like, it's so hard to say, right? Because Mm. so much has changed as we were saying in the last four years, it's like our entire lives, like the way that so many things are done, the systems, the, you know, expectations. I mean, there's so much that's changed. So it's hard to pinpoint like one thing over another. Um, I think for me, like becoming, you know, a mother to a young child again at a, you know, 10 year removal was life changing because, you know, the first time when Madeline and Griffin, they were, they're like less than two years apart when they were little, it felt like they were going to be little forever. Sure. It was so consuming. And I felt like every part of my existence was wrapped up in their safety, in their needs, right. in their development. And it was a lot. Like it was, I don't feel like there was space for anything else during that time. And obviously like I was going through a divorce when they were five and three and, right. and the two years prior to that, going through the transition with my ex and that, I mean, yeah. there was so much that was happening during that time. Yeah. But now it's like having a baby again and yeah. having like one baby and with a stable partner and at this really different point in my life, it's like, that has been such a different experience because also I know it's fleeting. Like I have a 12 and a 10 year old. I know that like, she's not going to be a baby, a toddler, a preschooler forever. She's going to grow up. She's going to become a sassy (laughs) preteen. She's not going to like me as much. You know I mean? There's all these things that are going to happen. And that perspective really changes the way that I've been able to parent her. And then in turn, the way that I'm able to parent all of them, because I think that perspective extends to being like, wow, you know, Madeline's going to be in high school in like a year and a half, yeah. you know, and then she's going to be in college. And, you know, it's like, and those things, like you just, I just see it differently now. And so I think that like, not just that my approach to parenting them is different, but also just my approach to like, I don't know, parenting myself. And because I know that like, it's all fleeting, yeah. like, you know, like, and they're not always going to need me the way that they do now. And so I think that's also given me permission to explore myself in a different way and create like this identity. That's not just their mother. Sure. Um, and that's been a huge part of being able to like pursue, you know, anything outside of that. And it's interesting because when I started making art and when I started really getting into that, I, I didn't even think about like, anyone wanting to buy it you know that was definitely not a motivating piece and it's always amazing when someone's like yeah I want that in my home it's like oh my gosh like because this is an extension of me like you want that you want you know like it's it feels like such a gift and it's such a different thing than like you know and it's interesting that 
that art show, you know, I just, I just did my first like gallery show and I didn't want to apply to it. I told myself it was on my bucket list for 2023 and my sister knew that. And so I saw randomly that they had an open, you know, it was, it was open to non-members, um, for the New Hampshire art association. And I saw it and I was like, Oh, this would be like a really great opportunity. It was also like the show was around mental health. And I was like, this is very fitting. And, um, I told my sister about it. She's like, well, you have to do it. And I waited and waited and waited until like three days before the deadline. And I was like, well, if I don't do it, like my sister is going to be really pissed. And that was like the accountability because I was like really scared to like put myself out there and to, and I don't even know, like I, I wasn't even really sure. Like I was like, they don't accept it. It's not like, it's going to change what I'm doing, but it just felt scary, like putting it out there in a way. And when, when I got like that letter email that it had been accepted, it was like this validation that I did not have any idea. Like I cried and it was, it was just like, Whoa, like I'm, I'm making something that like Right. The art world is saying like, yeah, this is, and it's not like, you know, it's one gallery show, but like in, it was a shift of being like, maybe what I am creating that's so special to me, like is special to other people, Sure, you know, and that, that has been a really amazing experience. And it's been, it has been a confidence booster too. Like I should keep doing this. Like I should keep pursuing this because, um, because it does matter and art matters. Like everyone who's creating art, like their art matters. Um, and I think, you know, in the past, I always felt really competitive about like whether my art, you know, like, like comparing my art to other people's art or feeling like, well, it's not different or it's not special or it's not as good as other things. And I think that that's something that has really shifted because it's like, it's so personal and it's, and there is no, there are literally no rules. Like when it comes to art, like yeah. you, there are, I mean, there are going to be people that tell you that there are rules and there are people who fall into certain categories and only like realism or they only like this. And they're like, Oh, you're not, that's not fine art. But when you right. really start paying attention to what people are creating and what moves me as a person, I'm like, you know, like seeing people who like, I, I get this magazine, like fiber arts now yeah, yeah. and the stuff that people make and the, and the materials that they use, like making things out of trash or like making, and I'm just like, whoa. Like every time I get a new issue of that, I'm always like, it's like something else like opens up in my brain. And I'm like, what if, what if, you know, like what if? And I think that that's the thing that drives me right now. Like that's what, and that's why I'm like, I don't really know what I'm, I don't ultimately know where I'm going. I don't really know what my style is. I don't really know any of that, but I'm like, I think I'm just driving that like, what if I try this or what if I try this and maybe this will work and maybe this won't. And I don't know. It's a cool place to be though, because there's not really a lot of expectation on like what I'm trying to make, you know? Well, and I, and I really, I used to read this sentiment years ago, specifically about musicians, but, um, and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit about it, but the, older I've gotten and the more artists that I talk to, I really feel like true artistic souls are constantly exploring and trying new things. And, um, it's funny because I know 
some visual artists who have a thing that they do and that's all they do and uh, you know and they're like no this is uh, yeah you know which is fine right but i also feel like um and you know who am i to say who's an you know air quotes right. artist and not but i really think that like most like truly like artists who have to make art not like yeah hey i'm good at this so i'm, I'm gonna do it but it's like right. i have to do it so you know oftentimes to the detriment of the rest of my life <laughs> yes. um uh you know because a lot of artistic types uh myself certainly included are not great with moderation um, yeah but um i think exploring is gonna like you're you, you were talking about like finding your style and yeah. stuff like i don't i don't think you're ever gonna be like Okay, this is my style. I know this what I've is done. what I do. Yeah, yeah. I know. Right. I don't think that that's in my nature because right. it's never been my nature right. for anything. And I think that anytime I do something really well, yeah. then I have to do something that I'm not good at. Sure. Do, do you know, like yeah. that's part of like that's part of what it is is that it's like I I like even though I don't always like, like it's uncomfortable to be in that place where you're doing yeah. something and you're not necessarily good at it and you're trying really hard. It's not a comfortable place, but it's a really interesting place. And I think it's the place where like the most personal growth happens yeah. and the most, and then like something magical happens, yeah. you know? And it's like, those are the spaces that I kind of live for. It's always like, I, I sometimes like kick myself. I'm like, I can't, I don't, I can't do anything like simple. And it's like, once I've done something a couple times, I don't really want to do it again sure. in that way, sure. you know? And I think that that's, I don't think everyone's like that, you know, like, and it's, it's interesting because I, but I think some people are, and I think that that is when I started embracing that, that was like when I really started getting into a groove yeah. and started creating things, whether it was in my sketchbook or in a weaving or whatever form of art I was doing, I started creating things that were like, wow like i'm like i'm really excited about this this yeah. is something that excites me and um i think that that risk is really worth it yeah i have this i have to read you this little part of this quote because it's Please? just exactly and so my mom sent me this and it said um okay let me see which part of it um okay so this is about being an artist and it's a quote by a uh, martha graham here i'm okay. gonna pull it down so oh, okay. i'm like Okay, so it says there is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And there is only one of you in all time. This expression is unique. And if you block it, it will not never exist through any other medium and be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, not how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep open and aware directly to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is pleased. There's no satisfaction whatsoever at any time. There is only a queer, divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Yeah, that's... that's, that's <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's great. I can definitely relate to quite, yeah. a, quite a bit of it. And... Uh, 
Yeah, like that whole like letting go of what people think of what I create, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's for me at least, it's impossible to completely let it go. Yeah. Being like, just do what, you know, what is driving you. And then, you know, the people who like it will gravitate towards it and yeah. people that won't will kind of fall away. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting. So my, my aunt, um, who is a big inspiration for me is an artist and has been a painter for 30 years now professionally. Yeah. And, um, she, we do like artist chats, which is amazing yeah. and so inspiring, but it's interesting because so, so the sort of bread and butter of her art career is these beautiful landscapes. Um, and she gets a lot of commissions for them and she does a lot of landscapes, yeah. but I personally love the work that like is she makes these, she's like obsessed with drawing like these weird bald people like these. And my sister has two of them. They're like giant, like these giant, super quirky. And if you put them side by side, you probably wouldn't know that they're the same artist. Um, and she's definitely sold that stuff as well, but it's like, and, and we've talked about it and she's like, you know, I think about it sometimes that like when I'm making a commission, when I'm making a landscape for someone, I think about like, you know, sometimes there are those times when you, when you paint because you need to paint because right. this is your job. Right. And it's better than, you know, she's like, I used to be an accountant. So like <laughs> painting a landscape, even if maybe I want to paint someone's bald head right. still is better still that. better. And it's like, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it because I think, I think every artist has their bread and butter yeah. and they have the things that, that people want, you know, and I mean, not everyone has art that people want, but if you right. do, if you're lucky enough, right. To have art that people want, that might not be the thing that like really excites you or feels new and fresh in the moment. And yet it's still worth creating. And so like, I have to tell myself that sometimes too, you know, and especially like, I love getting commissions, even if they're things that like, I'm not necessarily making in the moment. Like I still get a lot of macrame commissions. I enjoy doing macrame. I have no problem. Like I always think about it. I'm like, I mean, this is so much better than waiting tables or whatever else I might be doing. Like the fact that someone's coming to me and wants me to build, create something for them is amazing. Even if I, in my head, I'm like, I've really want to make like a big weird eyeball but i'm like but i'm gonna make this because Uh this is what this is what someone wants and that's so special you know so there's like there's that balance though too and i think like i really try to create the time for both even though i don't have a lot of time like that's time is my biggest obstacle yeah and and when i get really inspired when i get in like this flow and i have all these amazing ideas and i'm like i want 12 uninterrupted hours to work on this like thing. And like, sometimes it's like months before I can start it. Like sometimes, and I have to like part that's been part of what's been great about the sketchbook, like put as many details down, draw it out, sketch it out, write it out, cut and paste things, like do whatever I need to do to like get that excitement down on paper so that like, hopefully at some point I can come back to it. Um, and maybe it'll be a while because maybe the excitement will wane for it, you know, which does happen too. Oh yeah. That's that for me, that's the constant struggle is once I get an idea in my head for a painting, it's basically my own race against time of yeah. losing, losing interest. Yeah. Uh, like, can I capture it before the, the sort of magic 
is gone. The desire yeah. to do it. It's funny because I've had that. I've gotten better at having conversations about commissions with that because a lot of time people will be like, Oh, I eventually want you to do this. And then they'll start describing it. And I'm just like, if you're not ready to do it now, don't tell me about it. Cause I'll start putting it together in my head. And then if I'm not doing it for six months, I'll have no desire to do it. Like I'll yeah. have moved on yes. from it since then. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. It's good to know that about yourself though. It took me a while. And yeah. it, it's so funny because like, this was the year that I really started I would get frustrated with, and it's not, not all commissions by any means. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a 5% maybe of, and, but it was, it was always repeat customers mm -hmm. that, uh, had some, some, some frustrating, um, aspects. And I'm like, they might not even know that this is driving me nuts yeah. because I've never told them. Um, and, but I also, you know, being a people pleaser myself, I was like, I don't want these people to feel attacked. So I just kind of wrote up my own rules mm, for, yeah. you know, going forward. And then when I decided to take on commissions for this holiday season, I, I was like, I have limited slots, which, which was true. Cause yeah. with my new job, I have less time to paint. Yeah. Uh, and like you were saying, the difference of, you know, doing commissions versus doing stuff for yourself. I was mm -hmm. like, I need to still make time yeah. for myself. Um, but this was, I think this was the first holiday season where I said no to a couple mm -hmm. people, you know, when they presented me their ideas and, and, and it was the two people I was actually expecting to say yeah. no to, but it was also, um, also kind of trusting like, that I don't need to explain why I'd just be like, well, that's not really something that I'm yeah. at this point really focusing on. So yeah. I would say maybe see if you could find another artist. And yeah. One of them was very much like, Oh, okay, no problem. The other one's like, but why? And I was like, I just, that's yeah. I'm, nope. No, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's interesting. I think too, it's like, like last year I was in such a different place last holiday season and yeah. I really hadn't, I really hadn't gone full force into weaving. It was more, I was more doing, I think more macrame last Christmas. And I had so many more commissions, right? Like I was so much busier in that way. And it's been interesting. Cause I think in the last few months, I really, I made a, I made a pretty big pivot in like what I was creating and how I was creating it and why I was creating it. And it's like a trust fall. Like when you do that, because it's like, you know, it's definitely been quieter, but I'm like, am I, Matt, you know, I, I'm so much happier still that like, and I have to trust that like, you know, by next Christmas, like having time to work on this, like, I feel like I will be in a different place around yeah. my art and be like, it, cause it is finding your people, you know, it's finding who is interested in what you're creating. And I think that, um, you know, I, I could, it's like I could stay in the safe lane and create things that people want to buy. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is sometimes really important to do. And then it's also sometimes really important to like jump off that ship and just like see what happens. Cause sure. I think like, I just am still at this place where I'm like, I don't even know what 
is possible. Yeah. I don't even know what I could be creating. Like, so this piece, this is like my, my brother made this for me last year and obviously it is nothing is done on it yet. Yeah. It has two eyes right there. And this is, so it's a face. So he made this out of steel. He has like a welding kit and he made this thing for me. And so these are, this is the nose and eyebrows and then the two eyes go like underneath it. And, um, I, you know, this has been like, like, warping something that is not flat is or you know one dimensional is really challenging and so even just like getting i just started picking it up and working on it again but it's like this is the kind of thing that like is really stretches me like it's hard it's hard to do and it would be a lot easier to like not do something like that you know like not try to do something that's like there aren't a lot of rules for it. Like you can't like Google, like how to weave a three dimensional iron face. Like that's not, I I don't know how to do that, you know? So it's like the problem solving, but like, I also have this very strong feeling that like once I do get it together and start really working on this. And when I finish this, I think it's going to be really cool, you know, like, and really different, like something that hasn't been done. And probably open up so many possibilities to you. Yeah. You know, you could, you know, in the future like it like because it's it is three-dimensional but it is against a flat surface yeah where like at some point yeah. you might be doing like like blurring the line between like weaving and sculpture and sculpture yeah, yeah. yeah. when well, i just got this i don't know if you've ever used domestica like it's a um it's a website that has like tons of art classes on it like anything you could imagine and yeah. they're like really cheap like they do all these bundles and discounts and um and they're people from all over the world so sometimes like they're people that are not english speaking and there's subtitles and it's yeah. it's just really cool it's like a very cool place to like just pursue something that you maybe don't know how to do, but you're like, this would be cool. So I took like a cardboard sculpting class and it was like so interesting. Like in this woman makes giant, like, like as big as this apartment, like sculptures, there's like one at burning man. And she's like, I can't remember where she's from, but she does a bunch in Europe. And, um, she makes it all out of cardboard and then puts this like crazy varnish on it. So like, it's like weatherproof. And, and I feel like things like that, like you're like, there are so many possibilities out there. And I really like, I have always really liked working three-dimensionally. Like that's something that's like, as a kid, I did a lot of, um, I would like, like for even furniture, like, like remaking furniture or like painting furniture in different ways or like, like things like that or sculpting even, or just like, I have always been very drawn to that feeling of like things coming at you, you know? And I think that, um, that was one thing when I just did this show and I was so excited, but I also like when I saw my piece there and I was like this piece that, um, was in it, it, you know, it went well with it. Like it definitely was, it worked, but I also was like, I want, I want it to like, like I was writing about it after and I was like, I want it to crawl out of the wall at you. Like that's how, when I think about like ideally what I want to make, I almost want you to feel like it is going to like come and get you, you know, like, and that's like, I don't really know what that means, but that's like something that's in me of like, and so so, that's like that thing of like this perverse status, like dissatisfaction of like, just like chasing something that you're like, I don't even know what this is, but like, I feel like it would be really cool, (laughs) you know? And, um, I don't really know. I'm excited to just like keep moving forward and be, and just like seeing what happens, like what comes out and what are the things that like, you know, 
Yeah. And, and weaving, it's also like making those hard, like weaving three dimensionally is significantly harder than weaving on a flat surface, oh, but it's like, right. But it's also like a very exciting prospect to me because it is a challenge, yeah. you know, we, we grow and, you know, refine from challenges, not from successes right. and what's easy for us. So yeah. yeah. Right on. What's a, how, how are you looking for time? It's like, yeah. So I have to, um, I have to leave to get the kids by two. So, okay. so like finishing up 10 of, so I think if we've got like 10, 12 cool. more minutes, cool. whatever. I, just, I, 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 I yeah. it was a time constraint. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, do you, do you have anything on the horizon for, um, exhibiting stuff that you know of? No. So I, so I've been sort of, this is something I've been kind of working towards, but I'm actually like not even sure if it's what I want to be working towards. So like when, once I did the show, I was like, okay, maybe it would be good to like join, you know, the art association because then there'd be like more opportunities. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm, what I've been doing since the show is really like building my network and trying to like open up those doors of seeing what is even out there. Because I feel like what's happened a lot is that I'm not on that forefront of knowing. So it's like, I'm like, Oh, someone will post something. I'll be like, Oh, I'm in this exhibit. And I didn't know, like, yeah, I, it's like, hard oh, to I like, to right. Yeah. So I'm trying to remedy that yeah. and sort of make more artistic connections and yeah. following more places that are doing exhibits and things like that. So that that's a possibility because it hasn't really been like, I don't, I just don't really know sure. how to know if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, but so I was, I was initially thinking like for the New Hampshire art association, you have to like you know create like a portfolio of pieces and submit to them and um but i don't know i'm not entirely sure like if that is a way that i should go or if i should just be like looking for great like casting my net wider because there are a lot of opportunities to exhibit and i would like to be a part of them i just don't really know yeah where they are what it always kind of find out about them like either really last minute or like after (laughs) so do you know about the art pm challenge no so um (laughs) because when you were talking about like trying new things like it made immediately made me think of it so there was there's there's something called the rpm challenge that was created about 17 years ago now which is you know rpm rotation yeah it's it's happened in february every year it's um the challenge was for people to create uh, a recording like music oh, yeah. or otherwise um, in the month of February. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it's okay. supposed to be all inclusive in yes. the month of February because it's the shortest month. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. I think it really kind of came about from like being in new England. It's that's kind of like the, the grayest. Yeah. Month. Right. It is. So it was giving people something to work on. Yeah, I like but that. About 10 years ago, um, an offshoot of that, it was the art PM challenge, mm-hmm. which is to create a piece in the month of February. And then they have, uh, you know, buoy in Kittery at the foreside, the, the gallery. Yes. So they display oh. all of it. Like anyone who who drops and there's no like oh yeah so you just like anyone yeah they have it's usually two afternoons that you can drop it yeah and then they have an opening um but like and I've enjoyed doing it and for me um, because I paint so much anyway yeah I was like create one painting in February (laughs) no problem right I was like so I always use that now to try something I've never tried before that's cool Um, yeah. 
but um, it's also great to to go to, to the opening to not only see because I was like I didn't know that because there's literally hundreds of things that are there yeah but it's a great way to make connections yeah. with other artists. As well, well, and that was even like just doing that show. I made a lot of great connections. Yeah. Like that was, and I think that's, that's sort of where I'm at now. And I lo- I will definitely look into that, but yeah. I feel like I just am looking to, to make connections, to figure out, like, it's like, I, I, have finally it's like I've been this evolution of like doing this all for myself and now being like okay I feel like I'm like ready to like I want to share this more and just see what that feels like and feel what there's a response to and what there's not and like all of that um so yeah I'm definitely interested in that it is absolutely like a you know I feel like it's everyone's dream to have like, you know, or every artist or whatever to like, I would love to have a show at some point, you know, and I'd love to be able to have pieces all shown together. And like, that would be amazing. I don't even have enough pieces that I would want to at this point do that with. Um, And that's the thing about weaving is that it is like, it's pretty time consuming. Like it's definitely a, um, it's a long game, Yeah, you know, and it could like, I could bang one out in a month if that was the only thing I was doing, um, which is fine. Right. But which would be an exciting challenge to do, and especially sure. like in February where it's whatever, you know. Well, like I like this that. Year, I will tell you, twenty twenty four. There's an extra day. In oh, February. It's a oh, leap it's a year. leap year. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. That will make all the difference. There you go. It is. I mean, I can I can powerhouse through it. Like I'm always amazed when I have like it's never like from an external force though. You yeah. know, like it's like it's like that internal. The one that I made right after. Um, like finding out that that one, I think it was after that one got into the show. I made another eye that I did in like two weeks, which was like, and it was very detailed and that never happens, but I was really riding this like creative excitement. And it like, I just like everything came together, you know, really well and just came out whatever. So, I mean, it's, it is an exciting challenge sometimes to like have a time constraint on things, but I know for me personally, I work, not only do I work better with, uh, deadlines, I pretty much only can accomplish stuff with yeah, deadlines. I'm a procrastinator yeah. by nature too. It, yeah. Like again, with commissions, if someone gives me six months to do something, yep. I'm going to do it yeah. in the last week before they need it. Like regardless. <laughs> I know I am absolutely the same way. I'm yeah. absolutely, I, we'll start 12 new projects instead of working on whatever that one thing is that I'm supposed to get done for something. It is, it's, it is a compulsion. I don't know what, I I really don't know what that is, but I do feel like I tend to do my best work when I'm like, for sure. And that's why like, sometimes I really can drag things out if I'm working on it on my own and that, and then you can sometimes like kind of lose the joy of it, you know? And I think that's why I, um, it actually has been helpful for me like doing other mediums at the same time because weaving is so, it can be very tedious if I'm not in the right mindset. So like being able to, you know, work with, paint or work with I just got like some acrylic paint pens which have been super fun to just like I mean there's it's so gratifying right it's like where it's like sometimes I'll work on a weaving for two hours and I'll literally get like two inches done and that there are certain times when I am not in the mood for that you know and so being able to do something covering a big area is totally gratifying so it's like it's there's there's that balance of like both for me and I think that's why I don't think I would ever like not have other mediums, you know, like, cause I think weaving is, is I have to be in a particular 
space sure. for it. Sure. Um, I'm always amazed. There's a lot of people that I follow like on social media who, you know, are banging out these like eight foot weavings. Now they're, they're not the intricate, they're more like colorful, flowy, chunkier right. yarn. They're not like tap, like tapestry weaving is like more painting a picture with thread, right. you know, mm-hmm. which people get super elaborate. I mean, there's a lot of things even in that, that I have not begun to touch on like the gradient. That's like my next goal is to really understand how to create gradient yeah. in a tapestry weaving. Cause I think when you take a class, um, that's the first thing they teach you. And so when you're self-taught, so you like skip a whole bunch of steps and then you're like, wait, I was I supposed to, yeah. So then I got to go back and figure out how to do that because that creates, I mean, it opens up so much possibility, mm-hmm. um, in weaving and what you can create and the detail you can create. So that's like an exciting, I mean, that's, something you know there's like it's always there's always things to learn there's always like more to learn yeah um and i like that part of it so right on yeah well i'm excited to see where you're going with it all and i mean it's been cool seeing stuff that you create as well so um, yeah hopefully it'll be less than six and a half years oh my gosh and we, i know i know and i'm thank you so much for reaching out and like asking it's just it's exciting to talk to someone who gets it, you know, like yeah. just, I think, and, and I'm just starting to put my toe out there to be like, Oh, I need more connections. Like that was one of the first things my aunt asked me, like when she was, when she first kind of started mentoring me and we would have these yeah. artist chats. She's like, do you have a community? Because it's really important. Like yeah. it's important to have connections. It's important to call people when you're feeling uninspired and when you're feeling inspired yeah. and to know that like, and I was like, Oh, I, I haven't really put a lot of energy into that. And I feel like that's something that I really am putting more energy in. Yeah. And it's been really, it's been it's been inspiring already. Like it's been really cool to just like connect with people who are doing, who are whatever they're making and just like, you know, so I think that's something that I I want to continue to do. Um, well that's like selfishly why I started this podcast for for my own, like, cause I tend to get my energy renewed talking to other creative people. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, a painter or something like that. And I mean, a lot of my best practices that I've um, gained along the way, I didn't get from another artist, but like from a musician or a writer, but like different disciplines that they do. And and it really kind of helps. But I also think to just like creative, you know, like-minded creative souls tend to inspire and renew each other. So I think, and it's like, you look at the world a little differently, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you, if that's like, I don't know, you just do like, you look at things different and you think about things differently. And so it is like talking to people who also, you know, feel that way. It's like, it makes you just, I think it like lights up for me. It's like, it lights up that part in me. That's like, Oh yeah. Like this is how I think and feel. And this is how I look at the world. And this is why I make art because I think for a long time, I didn't really understand like, I, I just would make things and I would like, Oh, and then I would make things and I'd want them to be perfect, you know? And, um, if they weren't perfect, then I'd be like, well, I'm no good at this, you know? And then I would do move on with my life and I wouldn't paint or draw or do anything for a long time. And I think that's really shifted. Um, 
now I get that it's like anything else. Like it's, it's a muscle. It's a, you know, if this is something that matters to me, I have to like, I do have to work at it. it. Um, and I think having people who also feel that way because, because a lot of people just think, of it as a hobby and then they don't understand why it's so important to you or why you spend so much time doing it or why it's like all you can think about or whatever, you know, like, so it's great talking to people who get that. (laughs) It's so funny. I had, um, cause I, I'm still doing the watch repair one day a week Yeah, and it's nice because it's, it's a pretty slow thing. So I have a lot of downtime to do art and I was, you know, so I was working on a painting yesterday and a guy, standing behind me and he's like um and I, i've tried to like not be get knee-jerk angry about this because it's something i hear a lot but the guy goes oh you're so lucky to be born gifted with that and i'm like it's not a like i i work hard I to know. be able to do this i'm like it's like thousands of hours i put into it it's not yeah. like i just woke up one day and was like able to draw and it's like and one of the things that I like, but is also very like humbling about social media is that it will be like, look back a year ago and you see stuff and I'll see stuff that I created. And sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I charged one money for that. Yeah, I know. Like I've seen how far I've gone, but then sometimes something will pop up and they're like, oh, six years ago you did this. I'm like, how did I pull that off six years ago? Yeah, right. That looks pretty good. Yeah. And I think that that, um, I don't know why I, for a long time thought that like, I thought the same thing. I thought that people who could draw and paint were lucky or had this talent that other people didn't have. And I feel like, yes, some people like, especially people who can paint, like you see things online when people paint things and they look like, like a photograph of like, I don't know who those people are. Their brains work differently. Like that is a very specific, I don't understand that. That is not, I'm not, that's not something I'm striving for ever. But like, I get now that like, it is like anything else. Like even just looking at like, you know, my sketchbooks from like looking at them from, you know, I started a sketchbook in 2020. That was like when I first started drawing and looking at that and then looking at like what I'm creating now. And I'm like, Oh, I mean, it's a skill. It's like anything else. Like you, if you use it and you practice and you try to get better at it, you probably will, you know? And it's like, I think that's been a big thing for me. And that was something that weaving has given me in all mediums because I didn't know anything about it. And so I didn't have this preconceived idea that I should just naturally be good at it. I don't know why I think painting and drawing, we think we should just be good at it. It's it's like more specifically that, like, I don't think someone comes up to a pottery wheel and is like, why can't I make a pot? But like, we do feel that way. And maybe it's because we always draw and paint, you know, we do it. That's something children do. And you, and so you just, and when you're a kid, sometimes you see someone and you're like, wow, they're really good at it. They can draw Mickey Mouse and they can do all these things. And I can't do that. And so we kind of categorize ourselves as like good and bad. Right. And it's interesting because I don't think we do that with other mediums. I think that like weaving has almost been a gateway for me back to painting and drawing because I'm like, oh, I didn't know how to do this. And I taught myself how to do it. Right. And now I'm pretty good at it. So I feel like I should be able to apply that to other sure. areas, you know? And so that's like also been a gift of being like, I don't have to be good at something the first time I do it. I probably won't be good at it, but like maybe if I really want to, I could be better at it. Yeah. It's kind of like I did a, you know, going back to like what you were saying about doing stuff that like kind of scares you or makes you like, so one of the things, and a lot of people who 
who draw and paint will, I hear this from people all the time, hands are really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I like challenged myself a couple months ago. I was like, all right, I'm going to do like a bunch of paintings of just hands. Yes. Uh, and like, uh, and they're still really hard, but I feel like that helped yeah. so much is sort of like, uh, you know, uh, running towards what, you know, exactly run away from. Yeah. And that's what, like, I literally just did an entire page of faces that was like, cause faces, I really like the idea of drawing faces, but I really struggle even with like, and not even trying to draw them realistically, but just trying to draw them that like, you know, it's a face and that it's not like, and so I literally did like, I filled an entire page with circles. And then I was like, I'm going to make these all faces." faces. And I ended up making like, all these characters like and I was like wow like these are these are people they have stories they have and they're like still kind of cartoony and like but I think that like like doing something because it's hard or because it's something that you're not naturally good at is actually like and that was one of the things in one of the classes I took this like sketchbook practice for artistic growth and this girl from the Netherlands who it's Sarah Von Dorgan I think she's an illustrator and she's awesome she's such a cool personality but like she was just like i'm bad at drawing dogs so we're gonna i'm gonna draw a bunch of dogs today and like you know she's just like casually drawing dogs and she's like if you're bad at drawing something like draw them more you know and it's like oh and that's just what you were saying it's like i hadn't thought about that (laughs) even though that seems really obvious but um yeah if you're not good at something like do more of it and then like maybe you'll still not be great at it but like you'll probably be better (laughs) (laughs) you know and even even if like you don't feel like you've improved you work in those muscles but it's also forcing your brain to work in a different way which might down the line inform something else that you are good at to become even better at yes absolutely awesome Well, that seems like a good, good yeah. place to, to, to pause for know. You know, the ongoing conversation. Uh, <laughs> thank I, you. Yeah, thank you.